Hello. Hello. Well, that was so in unison, the hello. <laughs> we're just we're just in sync. We've been doing this for over a year now. We we finish each other's sentences. <laughs> That's why I love you already. I'm Nina. And I'm Liz. We don't have all the answers, but we do have a bottle of wine and some thoughts. If you're looking for honest musings on life, happiness, health, and wellness, you've come to the right place. We'll even throw in a couple off-the-wall jokes, some personal stories, and of course, some shenanigans. So grab a glass of wine and join the conversation. Hey, Wine and Shiners, we are back with another episode for you. And today we are talking with Krista Edels, who, as she calls herself, a ninja in the kitchen. Which is exactly what I have always wanted to be. I and know. Have not I have been a ninja. I do too. And we're halfway there. We have ninjas. As we long cook as, with them. As long as you own the ninja, then you pretty much are you're pretty, a ninja. You're pretty much a kitchen ninja. Speaking of ninjas, I actually got the magic bullet for Christmas. Me too. Ah, I'm de- we're hello. We're definite ninjas in the kitchen. When if it comes to making smoothies, oh, I got it. And <laughs> I made it. a vegan cashew cream sauce mm. in my ninja. Guys, so, get a ninja and a magic bullet if you don't have one yet. This episode not sponsored by either one of them. But welcome but to open. it. Always open. <laughs> Always open for the sponsors. The magic bullet is amazing one because it comes with cups. And so you don't you have to drink clean it. anything. You just put everything you want in the cup, put the lid on, tip it over, and then take it on your merry way. It's great. And it cleans really easily too. I think we should actually be sponsored by Ninja right now. Okay. But we we just did a great re- job. We really did. Can you send us a free magic bullet? <laughs> we already have one, but we'll take some more. We'll give it away as a gift. A gift. <laughs> a giveaway. A gift giveaway. Uh, but no, in all reality, Krista is wonderful. We talked about food prep. We talked about making, eating a mindful habit in your life. And we talked about making baby steps so that way cooking does not feel so overwhelming. Yes. We also talked about processed foods and how they can make us feel tired and sluggish, which we all probably know, but mm-hmm. just a reminder. And also some helpful ways on kicking the sugar and the salt and transitioning from what you may deem to be a bad habit to finding a better alternative rather than- Replacement habits. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, my dog was a Terrible, terrible dog during this episode. He really was. So <laughs> we just moved, everybody. This is our first recording in the new apartment. It is. Liz did the minimalistic thing last year. I did it this year. Mm-hmm. One bedroom. So the best part of the episode was unseen. Not that Krista was the best part of the episode, but the second best part of the episode (laughs) was when Jackson decided he was going to go over to the trash can right behind (laughs) me and get out a sweet potato that was about the size of his whole body (laughs) and just like, I guess I'll take this around here now over over by my mom. So I, I had eaten a sweet potato before the episode and just threw it away in the trash. And we we look over and he has this giant, huge, like huge skin of the sweet potato just in his mouth, walking around with it like a bone. And Liz puts her entire like hands in her face, trying not to laugh. I'm also trying not to laugh while also trying to listen to Krista. Hi, Krista. I know you're probably listening to this episode. So I apologize if you heard. I don't think she did. A light snicker from us. Um, and also throughout the whole episode, he was scratching at the darn doors trying to go out and he had just gone out. Really? It's like a baby. It's like a baby. When you're not paying attention to them, they get into the sweet potatoes. <laughs> classic sweet potato. <laughs> classic <laughs> classic babies and their sweet potatoes. But anyway. 
Anywho, just heading back to the episode. It's a really great one. We hope you guys find some awesome tips. Um, And of course, we are still sponsored by Care of Vitamins. And that's all we're going to say about it because you already know. You know the no. (laughs) You know the no. (laughs) The code is SHINE. SHINE. And you go to what? Care of. Take care of. There's always, there's a take there, Nina. We're always messing this up, guys, because it's care of vitamins, but the website is take care of. So if you get confused, no worries. Just we Google do it. Just, go, just, just Google, Google care it. of. And we would love your support if you want to be a patron of us. Um, if you enjoy the sillies, you can actually get to the patron level soon where we'll send you some bloopers. Mm-hmm. So if you head on over to patreon.com slash wine and shine podcast, every little bit helps. We have um, some expenses that go into producing the podcast and would greatly appreciate your support. And thank you for the people who are patrons. Yes. Liz's mom. <laughs> Hi, mom. Hi, Rose. <laughs> Um, if you, I mean, I personally think we're funny, but I know I'm biased, but when I listen back to the blooper episodes, I'm rolling. So we just, you know, we want to share the love of our silliness with all of you. Also, before we head into the interview, we are having wine tonight, you guys. Yes. And it is from Cooper's Hawk. The same Cooper's, we had Cooper's Hawk wine on with Kelly. Kelly's episode a couple episodes back. It's still good. It's still delicious. I think I read the back of the bottle because I had had like five glasses. <laughs> At that time. Yeah. But it's a Friday night, guys. We are drinking some wine and we're recording the podcast and we couldn't be happier gals. Yeah. So that's enough of us gabbing in your ears. Let's get into the episode with Krista. Well, hi, Krista. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I can't wait to talk about cooking. I think it's going to be a really good topic, especially just coming off of the New Year's. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So can you give our listeners just a little bit of your background and what you're doing right now, how you came to what you were doing with cooking and coaching and all of those lovely things? Absolutely. So as you said, I'm Krista and I run a health and wellness website called nourishedandwhole.com. And really I'm on a mission with that to educate and inspire others about the power of real food, Mm -hmm. eating intentionally and really living happy, healthy lives from the inside out. So yeah, that involves some coaching. I run some online programs and I like to consider myself a healthy living cheerleader and also a kitchen ninja because I like, yeah, (laughs) I like to be able to give people you know, some tools and resources in the kitchen to empower them to create healthy meals at home. Because I feel like that's something that's missing in our world today, that people just feel really overwhelmed to get in the kitchen and to cook for themselves. So I really want to help people to do that better and with more confidence. That's awesome. I'm trying, I actually, so I just ordered Uber Eats. I feel very guilty about this whole conversation because I'm like, I didn't want to cook tonight, but it's Friday. So I feel like that's my pass. It's it's Friday. We both now, I just moved to the city and I've Uber eated it. Uber eats. I don't know how to say it. Uber eat. Uber ate it like a few times now because it's so convenient, but I'm the same way. I mean, I did do one, I've done my one grocery shop trip so far, but I also have this issue of like, I'll stock my kitchen and I'll have a few things. I'm like, okay, I know I'm going to make this. I've bought these items, blah, blah, blah. But then I come to a point where it's like a Friday night or I've gotten home late from work and I'm like, uh, I don't want to, but I also could Uber eats right now. Yeah. So yeah. I get the challenge. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I mean, that's probably one of the biggest conversations that I have with people is about time. Right. Mm -hmm. And just, and just the, the act of doing it, because for a lot of people, it it does feel like a chore. Mm -hmm. Now for me, it's something that I'm completely obsessed with, which is why I do what I do. So I really share that knowledge. And so can I ask you a question? Yeah. Sure side of it being a Friday night and if, if you're like a weeknight and you, you want to really, you know, what holds you back from actually doing it if you have everything at home? If I have everything at home. Hmm. Liz, do you have your answer? I, it looks like you're I about to do. talk. Okay. I do. So <laughs> I, um, I actually, my husband and I both work from home. Mm-hmm. So for us, I think transitioning even into home life still feels like we're working. Like, it feels like I am not taking a break. Like, most people get that commute to, like, drive home and unwind and, like, have a little me time. And I just go, like, all right, laptop shut. Now walking, like, one foot over to the kitchen because <laughs> I, like, work in pretty much in my kitchen. So I think that's my, I think that's probably a unique issue to me. We do have a co-working membership that we're trying to, now that the new year started, like— be good about going there. So we're like going to work more, but it's difficult. <laughs> yeah. And and that's a big thing, right? It, is it really comes down to mindset and being more intentional about it. And I do have a lot of people actually that, that work from home. So have mm-hmm. kind of the same situation mm-hmm. and it, it's really just that trigger of, okay, how can I make this more fun? Or how can I make this something that I'm actually going to enjoy rather than it being you know, thinking of it as being a chore for yourself. I think that's what the issue is for me Mm -hmm. is that I'll have things at home and then I'm like, oh, but now I have to defrost that. And then I have to- rinse this vegetable. And then I have to wait for this to cook up. And yes, it's all healthy, but I could also get Chipotle or something. That's always like my go-to when I'm lazy throughout the week. It's like, I could just grab Chipotle. And I never make, I never quote unquote cheat as in like, I don't go get fast food Mm -hmm. or whatever, but not, I mean, Chipotle is cooked in oils that I should not be eating. Like I get that. But that's my thing is I'm like, I just don't want to waste the time right now when I could just eat, pick it up really quick and eat it. And I think it's that mostly when I'm tired, that's when it is for me. I'm like, I'm too tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, that's where this, I'm going to say this word and some people dread it and other people get excited about it, which comes down to meal planning. Yes. I've been, (laughs) I've been Pinteresting meal plan ideas. I actually downloaded somebody's meal plan, whatever ebook. And I was like, I'm going to get on this meal planning business. Yeah. And so that is part of a big part of what I do as well. Um, developing meal plans and giving people, some ideas so that literally you, you have instruction and that you know, okay, so I've bought this and, you know, if you're looking at your week, if, if you're planning your week is, is really just looking at, you know, the weekend and, and not to say that you need to spend hours in the kitchen, but making a few things ahead of time so that you can mm-hmm. literally them together in 10 minutes. Okay. So can we talk a little bit, dive deeper into meal prepping? Because it is a big buzzword. Everyone's like meal prep, meal prep. I know I got to get all my glass containers and chop up my vegetables on Sunday night. But can you give us some of your quick tips when it comes to meal prepping and why you love it so much? Yeah, absolutely. I love it for those exact nights that you're talking about Mm -hmm. is when I have a super busy day and I come home and I'm just like, oh my goodness, the last thing I want to do is cook. And so again, like, I'm guilty of it as well as I'm just going to do takeout. But, you know, if I know that I have 
a few options in my fridge and I literally don't have to think about it and it's going to take me 10 minutes. That's one big bonus for me is I know that I've already got some stuff prepped in the fridge yeah. mm-hmm. and really all I have to do is either heat it up or, you know, oftentimes what I will teach people is to do it a little bit more flexibly, if that's a word. Yeah. <laughs> so that you're not, you know, like it has, it is a buzzword and there are so many ways to do it. And, you know, you see some of the meal prep where it's basically the same thing every day. Yes. Which again is not sustainable in my opinion, because you get bored, bored, right? So then you're sitting there saying, oh God, I'm going to eat the same thing tomorrow and all week or whatever. So for me, it's about prepping the ingredients. So things like grains or your vegetables, Hmm. your salad dressing or a sauce or something that's you know, is available in the fridge that is really quick. One thing that I actually like to make a lot, and I, you know, usually suggest this to clients is soup. So, you know, that might sound boring. I However, love soup. And it's like especially negative now. degrees yeah. in Ohio right now. So soup sounds perfect. So cold. So I have a really good butternut squash soup that I make mm-hmm. that then you can use in a bunch of different ways. So you can actually make it into a curry sauce with a few extra spices and just add your vegetables and your chicken and all that sort of stuff. And also it's great as a pasta sauce. Yeah. So, I would have never thought about I've doing never thought a- about repurposing a soup in my life. For pasta. <laughs> For anything. Yeah. Oh no, that's so true. So those are the things that I like to kind of give as tips is being able to repurpose different ingredients. And, you know, soup is always a go-to for me, especially this time of year, that you can do that. And people say that all the time when I suggest it. And they're like, you're kidding. I didn't even know. I wouldn't have even thought that. And yeah, so it's it's a way to mix it up. And it's also a way that you literally put your vegetables in a pot, cook it up on a Sunday afternoon. And it doesn't take any time, not a lot of effort because you know, you literally are throwing everything in the pot together and it's, and it's pressed down. It's it's done. And then, yeah, you have something there all week. So that's always a fun option. Now, what do you recommend? Because the one of the things I have an issue with is like, because I've done, I've had little stretches by which I mean, like I've had two or three weeks of success. It's probably the <laughs> max I've seen um, doing any kind of meal planning where I'll go through and like, I'm looking at Pinterest and I was like, oh, this sounds absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. And I come up with recipes and then, when it comes time to actually eat them, <laughs> like maybe I'm not feeling the, I don't yep. know, eggplant meal that I, Parmesan <laughs> thing that I had totally. cooked three days ago or whatever. And maybe that's part of the problem is I'm not allowing for variety by just having like some veggies cooked and some quinoa cooked and some protein cooked where I can like mix and match. Because I've done where I'm just like making meals. And that's more, and that's more the mind. I like to kind of get people on is making it flexible. So just having the ingredients and kind of like having things as building blocks mm. is the easiest way to, to describe it. So typically in your meal, right? Average meal, you're going to have some sort of grain or base. You're going to have vegetables, either cooked or raw. You're going to have a protein mm-hmm. and then you'll have a sauce and some toppings or extras and stuff like that, like, you know, nuts and etc. So that's kind of how I like to look at it is, is then, okay, what can you cook ahead of time and just have available? So then, yeah, if you just, okay, I want to have a stir fry tonight and, oh, I have, you know, vegetables ready. I have, you know, your rice or quinoa. So that's kind of a better way to do it is that then you have some. Right? 
So what are what are some of those staple ingredients that you would suggest for a newbie getting ready to meal prep? Uh, definitely any type of grain that you would prefer. Like so rice, things, quinoa. Quinoa, pasta. If you, you know, it's great to actually pre-cook your pasta so you can make pasta salads. Yeah. Hmm. If you're into the whole spiralizing trend that's out there right now as well. So, you know, spiralized zucchini as a pasta, if, you, if you're gluten-free, that's another option. And then, yeah, any vegetables. Again, it comes down to really your own likes and dislikes, right? So finding the types of vegetables that you like and things that you know that you're actually going to eat, right? Because there's no point in doing it if you're forcing yourself and it's something that you're actually not going to enjoy. So finding those vegetables and even fruits for your breakfast. If we want to talk about breakfast, things like overnight oats Mm -hmm. or... Pudding, and then that's a, that, that's another good base that you can then mix up through the week so you're not eating the exact same thing every day. Just having your your base of a oatmeal or chia pudding, and then mixing up your fruits or different nuts, peanut butter, that sort of stuff. I have a confession: I've never made overnight oats, and I feel like it's the thing I need to do. <laughs> like, how come I've never made overnight oats before in my entire life? And I'm getting my health coaching certificate. Like, that's not a real thing, <laughs> right? Yeah. I hear that they're the easiest and the most delicious. They're the easiest. Both of those are are the easiest options and are so good. And you can also, I mean, on winter days like this, you can still heat them up in the morning, right? So yeah. they're basically, it's just a matter of popping in the microwave for a couple minutes and, and you're good to go add the toppings that you like and that you have on hand and, and you're good. So you have, you have your grains, you have some things for breakfast. And then I'm curious about proteins because I know that some people... Oh, I'm not vegetarian, but I know that some people are vegetarian. And so how do you, what are some protein options? Like even for myself, I don't like to eat that much meat. So I'm trying to cut, cut down my meat consumption. What other options do I have when I'm trying to meal prep so that I have a protein readily available? Do things like marinated tofu. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a really good one I like to do is, I mean, if you do it with a little bit of soy, sesame oil, just kind of garlic, that's kind of a basic one that I'll do. And then you can, you can cook that up. You can add it to stir fries. You can actually just have it in, in a salad straight up if you want. Mm. Any type of beans, obviously. Chickpeas, black beans. Those are always really good options. Love chickpeas. Lentils I've done before. Not for meal prep, but just in life. I've I, I like lentils. <laughs> yep. Lentils are great. Yeah. Like those are usually the big staples. Beans and lentils. Yeah. So yeah. Do you guys have a Trader Joe? Are you from Vancouver? Is that right? I am. I'm from okay. Vancouver. Whew, I was like, I feel like she's from Vancouver. Do you guys have Trader Joe's? No, and- they have Pirate Joe's. Oh, Pirate Joe's. Don't even get me started on Pirate Joe's <laughs> that had to shut down because they got too much trouble. No. Uh, yeah. But we do have a Trader Joe's just over the border. So it's not too far to go and actually do a grocery shop, which I actually do. I was going to say Trader Joe's has a ton of frozen uh, veggies. And I got like, it triggered me when you said lentils because it was like a lentil, uh, chickpea, something or other mixture, just olive oil. So it's like just the veggies and olive oil. That's it. And all I had to do is heat it up. And those have been really helpful for me too. So if, it's like, if I cook my chicken or if I cook something beforehand and I have a frozen bag of veggies, I'm like done. Exactly. And those are the, the, the hacks, right? Is it's, if you're just getting, especially if you're just getting started with it, it's about kind of looking at your grocery store and finding those quick 
time savers for you. And if it's frozen vegetables, awesome. Like I, I am, have no issue with that type of convenience food to make it easier, uh, especially if you're just starting. So I always like to say yeah. start small, right? And just pick one thing that you can start with and that you know you can have on hand and build from there, right? So if you decide I'm going to have, I'll just make sure I pick up some extra frozen veggies or, you know, this week I'm going to cook up some quinoa. So starting with one thing at a time is a really good way to kind of build it up and out. Sounds doable. Yeah. It sounds doable until that one moment where you're, where you just came in. But you know what? Everybody, everybody caves in once in a while. Like we don't have to be perfect 100% right. of the time. Absolutely. And I, I am in no way preaching that it needs to be perfect. Right. And, and none of are, right? And it's more for me, just, you know, trying to encourage people to, to do it more often. That's all. Like, you don't have to be, okay, now I'm going to, you know, I'm going to meal prep all the time and I'm only going to eat whole foods. That's not real. That's not real life, right? Like we're all busy and that's just reality of, of the day time that we live in. Right. So right. it's those small changes. I think that are really important is, mm-hmm. you know, to slowly start to, you know, change that into more of a lifestyle habit for you, right? Yeah. All of these things need to become habits for them to be sustainable. So once you don't feel like you're forcing yourself, you know, to cook every day, it's like, oh, you start to enjoy it or it becomes a part of your routine. And then that's when these things start to stick. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's also about noticing how you're feeling as opposed to, you know, when <laughs> you do those options of the takeout and if you notice a difference in when you're eating really well and those days that you're, you know, you're eating things that, that don't make you feel as good as you maybe want to, it's all a balance, right? And it's, it's about really being able to enjoy your food and, and to enjoy the act of cooking it. Right. And, mm-hmm. and to make that more of a fun thing rather than a chore. That's a big thing for me because food should be enjoyable and it should be fun and it should be something that, you know, we actually enjoy doing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm curious if you have seen, because you obviously have people that you work with on this type of stuff, have you seen any shifts? I imagine that if you're working with someone specifically on meal plan, they may be someone who is, at the time, maybe they start working with you eating a lot of processed foods or fast food, or not fast food, but like quick grab type of things. Have you seen in those people that you've worked with any kinds of, what shifts have you seen as a result of transitioning to cooking at home more versus relying on restaurants or maybe like unhealthy processed prepackaged stuff at the grocery store? Oh, goodness. So many things. I mean, (laughs) you know, more energy, just feeling better overall, especially if, if they're on kind of that higher processed food diet. That's the first thing that people notice. Hmm. And I will kind of caveat that with, you know, when you're starting of that type of a diet, it can usually take a few weeks because there's so much sugar and salt in that processed food that, you know, we're addicted to it. So yes. it's, it's really that transition. And I always tell people that, you know, the first couple of weeks, just as a, as a note that, you know, you are going to notice that it's probably a little bit tough those first couple of weeks, but you get through that and there is a big shift in energy. People actually, you know, realize that they're saving money, you know, eating out all the time is actually quite costly. Mm-hmm. So typically there's a, there's a cost savings there. And I think there's another big part is that people realize how easy it really is. Right. Cause I, usually a big stumbling block for people is that it's 
it's going to be difficult and it's not going to be sustainable and that the food isn't going to taste good. That's another piece is that, you know, people think healthy food is boring and isn't going to taste good and all that sort of stuff. So that's another piece is like, I never knew that this would taste so good. Yeah. And your taste buds eventually change too, they really is do. the thing. Because like you were saying, everything's filled with sugar and it's filled with all these additives and that triggers these chemicals in our brain that's like tricks us into thinking it's delicious and it's addictive. It's a drug. So, and then finally, once you start to wean yourself off of that drug and those chemicals and those additives, you real you get back to the root of natural whole foods and you're like, oh my goodness, I forgot how wonderful this tasted, if you ever knew how it tasted. Well, yeah. And it's crazy that some people haven't even really had that experience because of the day and age that we're in with all the processed food that is around, right? And the other piece of that is, 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 you know, when you do start cooking at home, especially if, you know, you have a family or with your partner, just kind of the experience of it and being able to share that with people and to, you know, have that confidence that you've created something that, you know, other people can eat and are, are, you know, healthier because of it is a cool thing that, that is a conversation that happens a lot. Um, just as far as connecting and relationships. And even if you're on your own, this is another hot button topic for me is that people will often say to me, well, it's just me. So why would I cook for myself? Mm-hmm. And that drives me crazy. Because because you love yourself and you need to nur- yeah like nourish why yourself. wouldn't you take care mm-hmm. of yourself right and and I mean I I you know I don't mean that to be kind of sappy or anything but realistically we do have to put ourselves first and yeah. I always find that fascinating that people do not kind of own that as being an act of self love like you know that cooking a meal for yourself is is such an important thing because you know without your health you have nothing oh so, my gosh one hundred percent that's I I'm so there with you. And I feel like that's actually a big epidemic in general is we care so much about everybody else. And I find this in women a lot. And some of the women that I work with, it's like, you just don't value like what you need. And self-love does sound super gushy and blah, 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 but it's true. I mean, you have to give yourself love and care and treat yourself with, you know, everything that you need in order to give your best to those around you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And for me, that that is, you know, one of the foundations is eating well and, you know, being to being empowered and confident enough to, you know, to do that for yourself is a pretty big thing. Mm-hmm. So it's cool. So what about people with kids? Because I know we were talking about the taste buds and they will eventually change, but it's hard when you have kids that will go out or they go to school. Or and they friends' see, houses. Oh yeah, friends' houses, school lunches. Don't even get me started. Like people pack their lunches <laughs> and they're like, well, but they're eating that or they have ice cream. You know, like things like that. How do you advise people maybe with kids or thinking about starting a family and things like that? Yeah. And so it's the same thing, right? It comes down to balance and it, you know, it's, it's not restricting your kids and and yourself either, right. From enjoying that sort of stuff once in a while, but it's really about, it comes down to me, it's, it's values and it's, you know, what, what, what do you value as a family and what do you value to feed your kids and that sort of thing. So Mm -hmm. of course it's going to be a push and pull battle with kids seeing and, and, I mean, the marketing nowadays for food is so targeted oh, to yeah. kids. Oh, yeah. Totally. It's terrible. <laughs> yeah. 
And so it's it's just again the knowledge and, and being educated on you know healthy food and trying to make it fun fun with kids so that you know they're feeling excited about it. Mm-hmm. Because if you can get, I actually volunteer for a program here called Growing Chefs, which is a in school program where we go in and we teach kids about food and sustainability. That's amazing. So. Yeah, we kind of you go in and there's a formal lesson plan, and we we grow little kitchen gardens, like window gardens for them. Um, so every week they get to see the plants grow, and by the end we actually cook a meal with them. So really, it comes down to education and making it fun for kids, right? Of like yeah. you know, it's going to make them feel, and just knowing more about where their food comes from, that sort of stuff. Yeah, it is really all about knowledge, I think. Mm-hmm. And when parents and like the people that they look up to are also eating that way and aren't groaning about, I mean, nobody wants a plate of plain broccoli thrown at them. I feel like a lot of times we're like, kids, eat your veggies and you throw them just some soggy broccoli. And they're or, like, I don't want that. <laughs> you roast it with lemon and that's your a thing. little bit of sea salt and it's good to go. I know. That's what I'm saying. So when, yeah. you, when you yeah. take it from that angle and also when parents and older people are you know, eating their vegetables and doing things like that in a healthy, happy, yummy way, it's not even going to be a second question. Mm -hmm. No, not at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So what would you say if, so we talked about the addictive nature of sugar and salt, which I, I mean, for as much as sugar gets the hype, I feel like salt's my my weakness. That's my jam. Mm-hmm. But as I just referenced, I was like, sprinkle a little salt on it. <laughs> um, hey, nothing wrong with a little sea salt yeah, on your fine. veggies. But exactly. Yeah. How Sorry, would you recommend if someone's really facing, like they just, even in the things that they're cooking, they're finding they're sneaking in or finding ways to add this in, in ways that they don't need into their lives. How would you recommend if someone has an extreme sugar or salt craving or tendency, Mm -hmm. how to kick that. Cravings are the tough thing. I've heard, yes. Not I've heard, I've dealt with. (laughs) I didn't mean to be like, I've heard that cravings suck. No, I know. Cravings can be a tough thing. And I think that there usually is a lot more behind a craving than just the food. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of times it's emotional. Yeah. And so when I work with one-on-one clients, we, we do go through a lot of kind of the mindset stuff. So, you know, checking in with yourself, you know, when you have that craving, am I really feeling hungry? I think that we've lost even that intuition, that internal, you know, hunger cue. So we don't even know when we're actually hungry. So it, it all comes down to a little bit more mindfulness and checking in with yourself and going, okay, am I really hungry? Um, am I really craving this? Is there, is there something going on behind that? Mm-hmm. Right. And then kind of trying to deal with that in a different way. And so oftentimes, you know, it's retraining your brain to, you know, have a different reaction rather than a craving. So is there something else that I need right now? Mm-hmm. Other than food, mm-hmm. Right. And, and kind of finding that. I find that so many of us are just not connected with our bodies anymore. And so it's like we're on the crazy work schedules and we eat at this time and then we eat at this time and then we always have our bedtime snack at this time. And it's like you said, it's like, 
maybe you always have a piece of chocolate after dinner. Well, are you actually craving that chocolate after dinner? Maybe sometimes you are and it feels nourishing and good for your body. But like a lot of times- Mine's a habit. Yeah. That well, is my habit. And a lot of times <laughs> I feel like we are on autopilot and it's just a habit. And then once you start taking the time to listen and think about what your body is actually craving, or maybe it's emotional, then you can start to break down some of those habits and get to a healthier spot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And and that's the piece, right? Of just recognizing mm-hmm. what are. And if you notice, like, you know, if you're, if you're stressed that you tend to reach for the salty snacks or if or like, there's typically some sort of connection there. And it does mean taking that time to paying attention to, you know, how you're reacting and, and why you're reaching for the food and just asking a little bit more questions internally, right? And listening to your body. Do you have any tips for those people that are trying to pay more attention to their cravings and they're trying, they're becoming more aware, but it's still hard. Like they still are craving, say they're craving like um, a pop, for example. Is there, is it more like let's find replacement habits or, okay. What I would say is, you know, how can you upgrade what you would normally reach for? So for example, if we're talking about um, something salty, you know, rather than reaching for a bag of chips, what's the alternative? Like, you know, olives. Yeah. Right. So not everyone loves olives, but again, it's finding those upgraded options that will still, still satisfy that craving, but are, are better for your body. Does that make sense? No, yeah. it makes 100% sense. I feel like I, like LaCroix, I don't drink pop anymore, but LaCroix was that a feels big- like it. Yeah, so I honestly can't even remember the last time I drank a pop, to be honest. But now it's like if I'm craving that, just a can of something that's a fizzy, little fizzy. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, LaCroix, you're the thing I'm going to do. And- chocolate. I have, um, I can't remember the brand offhand, but there's this really delicious dark chocolate. There's no soy, there's no at, like added sugar. Well, there might be a little bit of added sugar in that, but it's like, I'm going to grab one piece of that dark chocolate and maybe some almond butter. And it seems to satisfy a craving that I would otherwise have. And that's the piece, right? Is, is having that knowledge of, okay, what's the good alternative? Like what's the better choice for me and making sure that you have that available on mm-hmm. hand with pets, right? Mm-hmm. Um, LaCroix, any, any sort of sparkling water is a great alternative for pop. And you're right. Like, you know, dark chocolate, anything, you know, that you can kind of upgrade is, is a great way to start. And then I always say, enjoy it too, right? Like yes. actually, but, and if you're having that piece of dark chocolate, like savor it and pay attention to how, you know, that makes you feel right. Mm-hmm. And enjoy mm-hmm. the moment. Um, I think that's another piece is that we, t- we tend to not really be mindful of the act of eating. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah. our, we're not, you know, getting that, our body's not getting that cue mm-hmm. of, you know, being satisfied because we're not taking the time. We're just kind of like eating it and going. And as as you said a few minutes ago there, it's just out of habit, right? Mm -hmm. So stopping and enjoying and paying attention to the food, right? There's so much that goes along with mindful eating. Like not only does it help you with your cravings or just, you know, paying attention to your food and being appreciative of your food. It's like, it helps with digestion. Like when you're mm-hmm. mindfully eating and you're you're process, like practicing slowing down and chewing completely, it's like, that's good for your digestive system, which is then good for your health. And it's like, I think a lot of times we almost don't correlate 
like emotional eating habits with health in a way where they're kind of two separate things, but it's like all, it's all encompassing. And it's, it's in part, like we've never been taught it, right? It's one of those that we just aren't taught growing up. And so we just kind of fall into the, the regular, you know, whatever's going on in the world. And that's just Mm -hmm. following, fall in line. And there is so much to be said about mindful eating. And as you said, digestion, you'll also start to notice when you actually are full, right? You know, when I sit at a table and, you know, I'm eating slowly and I'm paying attention and and being with the people, that's another thing that I could get started on is, you know, the self at the dinner table and the, you know, being distracted rather than just sitting and enjoying the company and enjoying the food. Your body actually recognizes way better when it's actually full as opposed to just, you know, getting to the point where you ate too much and now you you feel awful, right? It's just sitting and, and slowly enjoying the meal. And I think that goes back to, it makes me think, you know, about what you were talking about with families and kids and eating. Yeah. I think that if you look at it from a family perspective too, like that facilitates so much the memories and the experience around food for children is so much better mm-hmm. when people are paying attention and asking people about their day and not not watching TV yeah. or, or being distracted. Because I've noticed with my husband, so we live in a one-bedroom apartment and our kitchen table, like, everything's all in close quarters. So I can sit, eat, watch TV all in the same place. And, I mean, we have greater connection as a married couple when we can when we don't do that over Absolutely. dinner when yeah. we sit and we talk about the food and how it is for us and other things about our day. I think it really goes a long way. And not only like the physical health benefits that you see, but the mental too, from just food brings stronger relationships. Yeah. yeah and it's like it, historically it's, it's a gathering place, right? Like that's it's community and it's, it's one of those things that brings people together and always has, and it is the same all over the world, no matter mm-hmm. where you go. Food is that one thing that actually connects us all, right? So, you know, to come back to the table and to really uh, make it a more sacred time mm-hmm. and just calm down and, and pay attention to each other, to me, is, is such a big deal. Man, the Italians got it right when yeah, it came to that. Because like, even growing up, we always sat down at the table together. We always had Sunday pasta. That was the, our big thing too. Like every Italian family has Sunday pasta. But that's one big thing I remember is always sitting down at the table with my family and eating together. And I mean, I'll confess, that's, I even tell my clients, like when you're eating to slow down and to think about like and chewing your food and maybe not having distractions. And I sit in front of the TV with my husband and we'll put on like Parks and Rec and just eat. And it's like, it's become, like you said, it just becomes a habit. But when you do, when you take the time to try it the other way, you realize how beneficial it is for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's the other thing is, again, I always say start small. So it's a great thing, especially for families is to bring back the Sunday night dinner. If you don't do that already, right? Like, okay, we're going to start with once a week where we're going to have Sunday nights, we're going to have dinner together and we're going to, you know, be cooking healthy food and you can make it a family affair where again, the kids are helping in the kitchen and it's an event, right? And, and just kind of build from there. So starting with, with even one, one night, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Starting small is the key. Everybody can do something. Everybody can make a small step. You don't have to change everything at once. 
And especially with now that we're in the new year and everybody's with their resolutions or their intentions or their goals. And I'm finding that a lot that people are feeling super overwhelmed because you have all these things that you want to do and you want to eat healthier and you want to exercise and you want to do this. And, and I always have to, you know, say, okay, let's all take a deep breath. Yeah, exactly. And then, okay, all of that is great, but where do we start? And, and, focusing more on the process and, you know, picking one thing and building momentum from there. Mm -hmm. I found, I did a really, um, powerful exercise for setting a new year's intention this year that I, you texted me about it. You were like, we were tearing up. I was, but I found that it was a very similar thing. Like I was able to look at all the things I wanted to accomplish and then say, what's like that one small step I can do that kind of meets all of these Mm -hmm. things. And it was basically have more self-love and Mm self-compassion because I, like many women, would call myself a perfectionist, which I don't think is like a badge of honor. I don't think people (laughs) should want to be a perfectionist. I mean, I've I've only had a weekend, so like, but I feel really great this week because I can, it's easier to focus on, okay, how can I show myself love today? Yeah it'll show up in those other ways. You'll be like, oh, maybe I should go to this yoga class or, oh, you know, I should cook this meal with my husband tonight. So I wholeheartedly agree. I kind of did the same thing this year in that I didn't do specific goals. I wasn't like, I want to do health coaching full-time next year and I want to do this and I want to do that. I was more like, like you did, Liz. I was like, I want to work on more compassion or I want to work. I had these broad goals because then you can sort of fit in and weave your teeny goals into those big ones. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't feel like I need to lose 30 pounds by February or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Which is like overwhelming mm-hmm. and essentially, you know, you're setting yourself up. Right. Yeah. For potential failure because you feel so overwhelmed and how am I going to get there? So yeah, like for me, it was more about words. So like I looked at, okay, I want to have more creativity and I want to mm-hmm. have, and then, was, you know, going through the things and, and a lot about how I wanted to feel in my day to day. So yeah, I think focusing on that and that is a great one of, you know, how you want to feel and how you're going to stop more self-love and then, you know, building it from there because it does come a lot easier when, you know, you're focusing on that. And as you said, like going to yoga class, it just, it's a lot lighter than, you know, the specific of, I need to lose this much weight or, Mm -hmm. you know, if we could all strive to get out of our thinking mind and focus more on how we want to feel, I think that it would be such a happier place. Yeah. The world would be such a happier place. Totally agree with you. Totally agree with you. So it sounds like it sounds like we got to take baby steps and we have to start doing a little bit of prepping. Not be afraid of the meal prep. Not be afraid of the meal prep. Take baby steps. Bring the family back together. Try to practice some mindful eating and we will be set for a 2018 of healthy, happy, nourishing food. Oh my goodness. You just basically, me in a nutshell. Summed up your life. (laughs) A nutshell. That's amazing. So good. Oh my gosh. Such a good, I'm so glad that we did this like right after the new year because I think it's going to set, all of us have these goals, right? And this Mm -hmm. was just such a nice and like not strict way to get started on the right foot. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking to us. And I hope that, I know that our listeners are going to take a lot of this information and hopefully start cooking by next week. Yeah. Amazing. I hope so. 
Now, where can our listeners find you if they want to connect and learn more about you? Your Instagram is very beautiful. I love your Instagram. That was the first thing Nina reported. She goes, she has the most amazing Instagram. Your picture, your food pictures are so pretty. Thank you. So uh, yes, one of my other passions is photography. So I've kind of been able to meld those two together. Um, So the Instagram handle is nourished and N, the letter N, whole. Um, not and. Mm-hmm. So you can find me there. And then the website is nourishedandwhole.com. So there's lots of resources there. Uh, my blog always has recipes and there is a sample meal plan. So I have a three-day sample on the website that you can download there. That is a good way to get started because it's it's short, it's sweet, but it has all the information and basically step-by-step guide for, awesome. for people started if that's something that that you're looking at doing. I'm going to download that after we're done talking. Now, a personal selfish question. Do you have the butternut squash soup recipe on your website? (laughs) Because that also was intriguing to me during this conversation. (laughs) The butternut squash recipe is actually on the blog. So uh, you have to go search in. If I remember correctly, it's under the meal planning 101. So I have a few different kind of recipes and options as we were talking about of things that you can build on. So things like the the veggies and the, you know, a salad dressing recipe is there. The squash soup is there as well. So yeah, check out the blog. Awesome. The recipe is there with all three uh, alternatives. Perfect. Yay. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. And we can't wait to keep following along with you. And we're going to keep you posted on this. uh, What is it? Butternut squash soup. We'll keep you posted if we make it. (laughs) When we make it. When we make it. And let you know how it turns out. (laughs) Thank you, ladies. This was amazing. All right. Well, a big, big thank you again to Krista Edels for giving us inspiration on how we can actually start getting back into the kitchen during this new year, start cooking, start being healthy, start loving ourselves and putting ourselves first and our health first. The most important thing. If you want to check her out online, she is at nourishedandwhole.com. She also gave her Instagram handle. And of course, we will link all of that in the show notes. A big thank you, Krista, for coming on. And so if you want to head on over to her website, nourishedandwhole.com, you can check out her great recipes, her blog, her resources, her meal planning ideas. She's got lots there that we know will get you inspired and ready for 2018. And as always, guys, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes. We are also on Stitcher and Google Play. And you can catch us on Instagram at Wine and Shine Podcast. And we also have a Facebook group. You can find us there, um, Wine and Shine or The Wine and Shiners, which is our private Facebook group. Yep. We look forward to connecting. See you guys next week. Bye.